Hello and welcome to the sequel cast. This is your host, Uncle Milkshake. This is a podcast where we look at movies one sequel at a time. This episode, we are covering Smokey and the Bandit 2. This is our first episode for 2010. Happy New Year. Yeah, let's go around with the guest we have. We have uh, Jersey Jason. Hey there. We have Thrasher. Howdy. And we have Will Kaiser, who runs a blog called the Super 8 Society. It's a Burt Reynolds appreciation blog. Thanks for having me. Now, I was trying to research your blog a bit, and did it start as a group at University of Georgia? Yeah, yeah, and I'm actually not one of the originals, but I'm sort of the carry on the web tradition. It was started as an official university organization at Georgia by a couple friends of mine. They ended up, you know, taking it to the Christmas parade, like in downtown Athens, which where we had like a, a car painted up like the uh, Trans Am. And now it just sort of exists on the web. That's really cool, though. They, they, like, they were close to us then. Technically, yeah. I mean, all three of us went to SCAD in Savannah. Or so the Germans would have us believe. So what did the uh, Super 8 Appreciation Society, what did that do in Athens? It didn't do anything, actually. There's all these benefits to have being an official student organization. You get to use uh, certain campus facilities and stuff we would air burt reynolds movies in these big you know sort of amphitheater classrooms and where we could use the projection screen and everything they had to let us use it because we were an official student organization so would you ever watch a burt reynolds movie would you just hang around and drink natty light the whole time yeah yeah and and it kind of continued turned into sort of like a thing where we'd get together and week to week or you know when you know whenever we had the get togethers people would congregate at one house and we would we'd watch the movies. It, it's kind of tough sometimes. I mean, especially when you start to get deep into the uh, to uh, all the the movies that he's done. Um, sometimes it's a little tough to uh, stick with the movie the whole night and not just focus on the Coors Light. Uh, especially when you get down to you know you get down to White Lightning and Gator and it, it gets it's tough. Do you have a favorite? Well, I mean, for me, you know, Smoking the Bandit is just so unbelievably just perfect in so many ways that it's you know it's just far and away the best. And the people in the movie. Movie just look like they're having so much fun that it just seems like it, it's just in every way you know gleason is just just epic that that movie's got to be my favorite though best punchlines too you cool. mentioned some burt reynolds movies being so bad or, or poorly paced that you couldn't sit through them all the way is there one that sticks out in particular White Lightning was tough. There was one that I'm trying to think of. It, early on, he got kind of, not pigeonholed, but they would move him around uh, ethnically because I, he was like dark you know, dark complexion. Therefore he was native American. There, there was a Western that that was in really, really poor quality. The picture quality was really, really dark. And he was, a uh, he played this, uh, native American and it was, it was tough to watch literally because you couldn't see the screen really well. And it was, it was something we found on, uh, online somewhere. Um, that's an early, early one. And, uh, and it, that's pre, uh, White Lightning. I mean, that's like introducing Burt Reynolds. So what's the address for your website? Super8society.blogspot.com and it ate uh, the number eight. Why is it called Super 8 Society? Well, we, we originally started as a, they kind of linked the Super 8 films, us wanting to preserve this, this art form and then using Burt as our sort of figurehead. So recently Burt Reynolds hasn't been acting a whole lot and he's been having some struggles with uh, painkiller addiction. <laughs> right. Oh, dear. Whoa, 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 what? But I like to think of it as sort of an awareness building uh, uh, campaign, really. I think he kind of, he may have had uh, history with that, but I, I feel like he was he was just trying to kind of bring that to the forefront so that uh, people felt comfortable talking about addiction. If it's got the face of Burt Reynolds on it, I think it was sort of an awareness move on his part. I don't think he could actually be addicted to anything. 
I have to say, it's really shocking to see pictures of Burt Reynolds in older movies without a mustache. Yeah, Navajo Joe is one of those, um, <laughs> and he it is it's, it's t- he's one of those people who um, is almost looks more natural with with it because he's just had it for so long. Did he have the mustache in Deliverance? I, I don't think he did. I have one question: What is Burt Reynolds' favorite cereal? Oh wow, um, I have no idea. It's a raisin bran. Okay, I can see that. Where did you learn that from, Jason? <laughs> I made it up. Okay. It's, I, I was waiting, I see, I was waiting yeah. for the punchline to that anecdote. <laughs> I know, I thought it was going to be a painkiller reference, but... Uh, oh, no, no. That's nice. Oh, no, about uh, I wouldn't see that crass. On to the movie. Yes, okay, so we were talking about Smokey and the Bandit 2. It's directed by Hal Needham, the same director as the original. It was released in 1980 in the uh, United States of America and features much of the same cast as the original. However, it's not written by the same people that wrote the first movie. This one's written by Michael Caine, Jerry Belson, and Brock Yates. Michael Caine is in... Michael Caine, Michael Caine? No, not the uh, British uh, no. actor Michael Oh, thank Caine. God. Yeah. <laughs> A-N-E, not K-A-I-N-E. They came into my office and said they wanted me to write a sequel to Smokey and the Bandit. I told them to fuck off. Well, see, I think that's what, I think that's totally what's different in this movie is it's not Hal Needham and it's not Jerry Reed really putting a lot of their input into it. With the first one, Hal Needham, all of the stunts and everything, he was such a prolific stunt master and a stunt coordinator. I guess as a stunt guy, he tried to pack as much driving and action into the movie. And that's kind of lost in this movie. I don't know if you agree. Here's my question. How much input do you think Burt Reynolds and Jerry Reed had in this movie versus the first one? Well, I, I agree with what you said earlier. That I do think that, that that sort of dropped off. The formula is there, and they sort of just sort of deleted, cut and pasted, you know, an elephant for the Coors Light, and yep. then Miami to Dallas instead of Texarkana. And so I think they felt like they had this sort of, sort of thing where they could just pasted in there wasn't that same sort of uh, input that they had you know some of that's evident in the Buford justice sort of recycling some of the hit lines and basically just sort of doing some market research finding out basically the most popular lines they just sort of get reused in the second one and yeah, uh, like, yeah. there are no son of mine you didn't come from my loins i'm gonna right. kick i'm gonna punch your mother in the mouth is from the first one first one the second one, one. <laughs> i'm gonna what, kick what, what a romantic movie there's a lot of there's more threatening of you know the wife and son in the second one, but in the second one you're about to say that in instead of punch her in the mouth, it's kick your mama in the butt, which is <laughs> oh because that's better <laughs> right right I mean if you're gonna redo one of the lines, it's got to be I'm some gonna push her down the stairs. It, <laughs> Test audiences find that, that jokes about spousal abuse really the audience loves it better when it involves the butt. Work that in. Yeah, but like you said, the in the first one, the thing they had to deliver was a cores. In mm-hmm. the second one, it was an elephant, and that it just animal based it, hilarious. Yeah, it just seems like a kid. It just seems more like a kid's picture. Not that the first one was especially mature or anything, but mm-hmm. it, it, you have a lot of very you have a lot of silly elephant humor with the elephant mm-hmm. wanting to have sex with Burt Reynolds. Operation Dumbo Truck. Spraying somebody with uh, water, you know, there's these the sort of obvious gags with the elephant knocking stuff over. The, the first one was much more highbrow. You had the sort of racial commentary from Jackie Gleason uh, referring to the uh, to the sheriff of, of some other county. It was it was really different. I th- one of the funny one of the telling things I think is that when they're trying to get uh, Sally Field's character to sort of get involved and help clean up the bandit and get him sort of 
sober and uh, ready to go on this new sort of adventure. She doesn't want to do it, but then they tell her about the money and how much money it's going to be really, you know, they're going to make a lot more this time. And it's funny that that's basically what they had to do to get Sally Field to sign on to the movie, and everyone else is just throw more money at him. Well, actually, speaking of which, I do have a question. Why is there a phone in that church? Because <laughs> someone might get the call from God. Right. Oh, that's the second. Right, and that's the that's the second time that she's sort of and left Eric, uh, Junior. Junior. And again, she runs out, and Junior's like, "Oh, she'll be back," because Junior's a Junior is an idiot, and right. we kind of like that because it's like he's so dumb. It's only, he, he's so dumb in this one. It's kind of painful. In the first one, I liked how dumb he was. He was like he's mm-hmm. lovably dumb in the first mm-hmm. one, but in this one, he is R E Tarden. In the first one, you know, uh, Gleason or. Just Buford Justice famously spent uh, forty dollars on the wedding because uh, he <laughs> references that when he's complaining about Sally Field running away, and he says uh, decorated the town up to the tune of forty dollars. I'm wondering if the second one they kind of pulled back a little bit and said, you know, maybe let's bring the budget down a little bit. And then of course he's also got that um, that stupid little ticker, the hemo hemogoblin hemo something. Hemoglobin. No, no, because that's the stuff in your blood. What's the watch contraption he has on? Blood pressure meters? It's like it is a, blood, it's a blood pressure watch. They call it a hemo something. But every time, of course, you say the secret word of the day, which is... Um... Bandit. And it goes right. off. Oh, was yeah. a uh, At the heart problem. and uh, It's Jackie Gleason basically doing his famous, um, I guess, relaxing his, like, how do you do with his arms outstretched? That's a terrible Jackie Gleason impression. Well, let's go back to the beginning of the movie. Now, it begins with, uh, as is the setup in all these movies, Big Enos and Little Enos. <laughs> and they oh, yeah. are... Williams, one of my awesome... I love, love, love Little Enos. Now, Will, do you think the name Big Enos and Little Enos, do you think that's a penis joke or an anus joke? You I tend to lean towards a penis. I think it's a sort of penis reference. I, I think anus may have been kind of over their head. I don't know if they would have picked up on that. I think it was a, I think it was a penis reference. See, I think penis, I think a penis joke would not have gotten past the censors as much as an anus joke. And, yeah. and, uh, and Big Enos is running for uh, governor. I guess, uh, and, and that's why he—that's why they're trying to get the uh, the elephant to the to the Republican convention. I guess exactly. And initially, they go to Snowman, who's played by Jerry Reed, and he has to convince a very drunken, washed-up yeah. Bird Reynolds or the Bandit to go back to power. Or, what the hell am I talking about? To, <laughs> <Go> to... <laughs> yeah, well. And, and this is where the chops come out. This is where he gets to really show the technician, the Burt Reynolds, the technician, because the the drunk Burt Reynolds, uh, the drunk bandit, is just a work of art. Well, I will, I will say this is this is probably not the first, not the last time we're we're in the sequel to a successful movie. The hero of the first movie is for almost no reason an alcoholic that has to get back in the shape in the first. Oh no, no, he has a reason because Frog has left him. Oh. Uh, Oh, and I, I really enjoyed the joke that he says he released an album that's the bandit scenes Cole Porter. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason it didn't sell. I wish they would have right. played some of that album during the movie, but Birds do it. Beast do it. Even educated, please do it. Like that that would be the whole song. The whole that's album. a natural that's a natural pairing. That's immediately what I would have thought if the if I heard the bandit was doing an album. But no, the, the drunken uh, bandit is so different than how bandit normally is. Yeah. I almost wish he would have been drunk the whole movie. It, up until we get to Jerry Reed trying to convince uh, Bert to join in, we, we've basically been, 
you could have been describing the first movie. The the bets made, you got to get everybody on board, and then let's head out. So they also have to get Frog, which we talked about. She leaves the altar yet mm-hmm. again. Yeah, but now why is he surprised she would leave him? She seems to run out on everybody. Well, you know, she's she's confused because the uh, I guess she's got all these dreams that she's trying to. Uh, I guess she wanted to be a dancer in the first one, but this time, you know, they don't really give her give a reason for her running again. She mentions she goes back to New York to try and be a dancer again, but that doesn't work out. So I guess that's why she goes back to Junior to get married. (laughs) So one thing I noted, in the first movie, it takes about 15 minutes for them to start going to Texarkana to get the beer to deliver. In the sequel, it takes a full 30 minutes, a third of the movie, before they get their fucking elephant. Right. Oh God, I know this movie feels so long. Right, it th- that was a big mistake. I think waiting until I mean having to go get the elephant uh, versus having it uh, on hand or you know ready to go. Yeah, why use the one in the other state? You could they do like a heist movie and steal the elephant from a zoo? Well, technically they have they to. Did, yeah, they, they did steal end it. up stealing it. Yeah, because they're sort of turned away at the gate. You know, like that. It's it can't leave by a guy who looks like Andy Rooney. But yeah, that did. I think that did slow things down. I like the fact that we got right into it in the first one. That pretty much immediately they were loading up that truck in uh, in Texas. Now in the Smoking and the Bandit two, it's a different model of Trans Am that Bandit drives. Sadly, mm-hmm. because he drank away his Trans Am. He <laughs> drank his Trans Am. Mm-hmm. That beautiful, beautiful, beautiful piece of machinery. He yeah, he traded it or so, he traded it for like like small for- amount of beer. Yeah. Again, because he's at this point in his life, he's a loser. He has mm-hmm. to build himself back up into the hero that we all know and love. How much athleticism does it take to drive a car? Yeah, because they do this big Rocky-style montage of the bandit <laughs> trying to get back into shape. And it's like he just has to put his foot on the pedal. Right. And turn a wheel. <laughs> well, I, do like the part, I do like the part where he is racing go-karts against other kids. <laughs> right. I thought that was very clever. The part where he's running against horses on a sand track i don't understand bandit's been smoking a, a cart in a day just to get ready <laughs> in this one they're getting paid is it forty thousand or four hundred thousand four hundred yeah, yeah four hundred thousand yeah. they get two hundred up front two hundred up front in cash and then they don't even deliver the elephant at the end spoiler whoops the mafia would send them out to uh to collect their due in blood Right, that's the that's the little that's that's a little known uh, fourth movie where he exacts his revenge on uh, on them for the two hundred k that they owe him. I think, so. um, I think Smokey and the Bandit four is called Little Enos's Big Revenge. No, no. To, to be fair, there was a fourth Smokey and the Bandit movie. It was a made-for-TV movie that was sold with part of the old the old action pack syndication package. You know where Hercules and Xena came from, and Kathy Ireland played uh, <laughs> the the equivalent of Frog. Have you seen? I, I remember reading they did a series of made-for-TV Smokey and the Bandit uh, spinoffs, and it's Ooh. it's not Burt Reynolds as the Bandit, right? Oh God, no, no some yeah. schmuck. And they're not available on DVD, according to my research. And I don't even know if you... They might be on YouTube or something. I have no idea. Yeah, they couldn't begin to afford Bert at that point. Uh, for the <laughs> movies. He didn't even get out of bed in the afternoon for that kind of money. 
the, the, another thing I want to point about the th- uh, the second one is that this is the one where and you start to see this stuff coming up again with you know Cannonball Run. You get into this sort of you know race across America, running for you know running from people movies with all these uh, cameos. And the second Smoking the Bandit has a bunch of NFL players playing themselves, and Terry Bradshaw is one of the guys, and Joe Klecko and Mean Joe Green. We have Dom DeLuise. Who they pick up later on, once they have the elephant, they pick him up to take care of the uh, elephant. And yet he's not a veterinarian, he's a gynecologist, an Italian (laughs) gynecologist. He's a gynecologist in training, and the way they find him is they go to a gas station to get some gas. And then they notice an ambulance is nearby, and they basically open the back of the ambulance, whisk Dom DeLuise away to look at their sick elephant, and the ambulance drives away, so Dom DeLuise is kind of stuck with them. And we can only presume his patient died. It's a guy in the ambulance. I don't think him being a gynecologist smoking that guy. That guy had a mangina. I'm not a woman, but I would say I would be ashamed if Dom DeLuise was my gynecologist. Um, I love that he's Italian. Like, like it's almost like this sort of. It's almost like the kind of like um, propaganda, like sort of slur that the government would sort of try to popularize it like and like an italian gynecologist is like another word for like a pimp or something well he, he just drinks wine the entire time mm. it looks like the shit five dollar one liter <laughs> bottle of red wine you get at the, the screw store. on top yeah the classy kind and he even serves wine to the elephant and the elephant doesn't seem to mind and, and is the elephant pregnant? Later yeah. in the movie, you find out he's preg- the elephant is pregnant. Mm-hmm. But Dom DeLuise is stuck in the back with the elephant, and I'm just wondering, what's happening with all the elephant shit and piss? <laughs> it's not on Dom DeLuise. And you know? vomit. Don't forget the oh, vomit. Oh, of course, vomit. They already can tell that she's sick. At the beginning, she has a splinter stuck in her foot. Like, there's a lot of problems with this. I could totally imagine that it could also be impacted. Make it true. I mean, there probably is a point where they are cleaning it, uh, cleaning the uh, back of the truck out. Yeah. But they're not showing that. No, no. And also, one time they have, uh, they have the elephant up on ropes because it's the easiest way that it's not being jostled in the back, especially with her being. There's also a voyeuristic sort of quality to the idea of you know flying you know flying down the highway with a, a, an elephant tied up uh, above Dom DeLuise shitting on him. There's a website for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's weird. I was actually like, I was thinking, you know, maybe it is cerebral. And then you said that, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, this is one of the those awesome names. The name of the film's music supervisor was Snuff Garrett. Speaking of that, as far as music goes, I thought the original Smokey and the Bandit had some wonderful songs, Eastbound and Down, among them. And with the mm-hmm. sequel, none of the music really sticks out in my head. Mm-mm. Yeah, I can't even... Uh, yeah, the, the first one had a couple of really, really sort of big hits. It could have been Snuff Garrett. I don't know. Uh, he, you know, he was... Uh, I don't know if he was the right guy for it. It could have been Snuff's fault. There's the one song in the beginning of the movie, but again, it's not strong enough... If it was memorable, I think you know you'd know. It's it's like the the first one is just so it's got a couple of really well placed you know moments where uh, for I mean I know we're not talking about the first one, but the when, when they kick into that sort of slow they call you the bandit scene where he finally takes his hat off. I mean we don't have any of those m- moments <laughs> in, in the second one where uh, you know where, where that it, where it sticks out in your head and you go oh yeah I remember that part. So I you know again I I don't want to. Point fingers, but I am pointing a finger directly at Snuff Garrett. Fuck you, Snuff Garrett. Um, but God bless you as well. 
Yeah. All right. Well, it looks like Thrasher is going to have to leave us. Do you have to leave us now, Thrasher? Well, in the next couple of minutes, uh, there are potatoes that need to be uh, fried and chicken that needs to be fried and Steven that needs to be fried. Thrasher, what do you think of Smokey and the Bandit 2, your final thoughts before you leave? Well, I will say say this. Something that that really sticks out in my mind is that Burt Reynolds almost really gets this, like, there's that there's that Batman moment where he taunts or like he challenges Buford's uh, ability to fire a gun and gets Buford to do all these trick shots until he spent all the, the bullets in his cartridge. And because he's like, you know, I bet you can't hit that light. Well, I bet you can't, you know, hit that tire. I bet you can't hit this. And also, I bet you don't have any more bullets in that gun than jumps in the car and peels out. And, of course, Buford's like, oh, no, we got away. And, uh, you know, because he's just been outsmarted and his pride's been taken advantage of. I, I really like that. I could see that as something like Spider-Man would do. I have to say, one thing of Smokey and the Bandit 2 I was actually impressed with was this big showdown near the end of the movie where you have a bunch of truckers going against a bunch of cop cars. Oh, gorgeous are- coordinated sequence. Sheriff Buford T. Justice needs to call on some help to get down the bandit. He has two brothers or cousins. Oh, mm-hmm. oh that's right. Yeah, they're from they're foreign, but they're sort of no, no, no. One's from Texas and one is from Canada. Yeah, that's oh, foreign okay. by their standards. Gaylord Justice Those and justices, Reggie yeah. Reginald Van Justice. Right. Reginald Van Justice, who arrives singing with some chick. I'm guessing she's not his deputy. And Gaylord arrives with his deputy. Who has, oh god, who has um, Stevie Wonder, dreadlocks, and a banjo, and just the, like, such a shit-eaten grin. I swear. I don't know how they talked, or if it was Gleason's idea. Whose idea was that? The brother, the, the, the brothers? Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, that that's a tough, you know, the, the, the movie has so many little little spots that you know i think compared to the third is is where you get is where i feel better about the second one like Mm. like if i'm just in thinking about it in terms of because you guys talked about the first one last time and uh so you know comparing it to that i find all these holes in it things i don't like about it but then compared to the third i'm going it's well it's the second one's one of the greatest movies i've ever seen because the third one is so bad do you think this bit with Jackie Gleason playing the two cousins to Buford T. Justice works at all, or it's just uh, an excuse for... No, it's just an excuse to get more out of him. It's the same as reusing those lines. And it almost makes me wonder if that was just... If the script didn't have lines in it, if the script had a big section that said where it was all in italics and it said, and here is where Jackie will do the thing that we talked about with his playing his brothers. And then they just said, and then skipped on to the next part of the script because I think that was just sort of like, uh, and this is the part where Jackie does his thing. Those characters are so one-dimensional and had nothing to them. And, and the Canadian brother, it looks like they took, they took electrical tape. I made a mustache for him. What's funny is if you look at that mustache, underneath that black mustache for the Canadian brother, you can see the Buford T. Justice pencil-thin mustache <laughs> yes. underneath the fake mustache. Oh, my God. See, it's it's little things like that that I'm like, did you not pay attention in film school? Now, do, does anyone think the showdown with the cars at the end of the movie where bandits kind of trapped with the three cousins and all the cops chasing them, do you think that's a good sequence or...? Yeah, the the well, that's kind of a that's kind of a uh, staple of uh, you know of that series is the uh, you know sort of flaunting the uh, 
flaunting law enforcement. If you think about these movies, they're the things that they're the the crimes that they're um, committing on the highways are if added up and caught, you'd never get out of jail. I mean, they're just murdering state troopers and running people over and <laughs> murdering everything, everything in front of them. Instead, it's sort of like, oh, dad gum it. But that's, <laughs> that's the only repercussion is that somebody goes, oh, dad gum it. There was, in the first one, there was such a powerful feeling of anti-establishment, anti-authority in this one, it's more goofy. It's like it's definitely truckers versus the cops. Whereas in the first one, it's like everybody versus the cops. Well, in the first one, you had so many scenes with the CB radio. Everyone's you know giving support to the bandit the whole way. In this one, you got almost no scenes like that. A lot of it is the bandit sort of redemption from drunk back to hero, I suppose. But it's not done very well. You don't really give a shit about Sally Field. She doesn't have a whole lot to do. Did, well, at this time in 1980, was he fucking Sally Fields? I'm. I have to assume so because he did a movie with her, and that was one of his sort of. Uh, that was a code that he lived by. And there's also the Oscars that she did the uh, "You Like Me, You Really Like Me" thing. There's a rumor that one of the reasons that she was having she was so emotional about that is that she was de- she had just been devastated by uh, by Bert, and you know he either let her go or you know cut her off or something, and, and that that was the same time that she won that Oscar and sort of added into her uh, the chaos. But I assume that he was it's something you just said uh, is is really true that I is that the second one is really goofy and that the first one is really funny and really well made and there's great punchlines and Jackie Gleason's incredible and that the second one really is just kind of goofy. There's a nice part at the end of the movie where the bandit finally wears the outfit he had in the original movie, Ooh. where he gets to talk to Sally Field one-on-one. He has the red shirt and not the jacket. Yeah, and they got back together, which was nice. We didn't know that they were not apart after the first one. I mean, so you're right, that outfit is sort of them getting back together. He has had that redemption because he decides not to go for the prize. He goes more for the respect mm-hmm. by letting the uh, elephant give birth, and they, they wait, and they actually don't get to the convention in time but do you think that redeems him to the audience well i think his first reason for that was was sally field because she was or frog because she was accusing him of not caring about the elephant and so i think he that was his way of saying that he cared about the elephant yeah that was his sort of relationship with the elephant at first was that he didn't really like the idea of it again it was just like the core's light it was just a thing to get from one place to another but yeah he, he gets that closeness because the animal kind of takes him in as well when he helps mm-hmm. her in the beginning oh he does that backflip onto the back of the elephant but i think we've said more than enough about smoking <laughs> the bandit too was i think this- we said more than anyone's ever said about it so, Smokey and the Bandit 2, would you recommend somebody watch it or not? Um, I, I would say that if the first movie, if you were really into the first movie, then yes. But without that connection to the first one, which gives you sort of like a grain of salt in terms of the, taking the movie in, you kind of go, oh, well, yeah, they were, oh, yeah, I remember that from the first one. Like, if you liked the first one, then yeah, you, would, you should see it. Without the first one, you're going to be lost. The plot's going to be all over the place. You're not going to understand the, the progression of the characters, though. No, I think that's good. That's a very good commentary. Will, thank you very much for your time. Can you yeah, plug, no problem. Can you plug your website again? Yeah, it's um, super8society.blogspot.com. It's um, the number eight. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's just anything that 
Google comes up with when you go to news and Burt Reynolds, we have on the site. So that's what we can promise, that uh, instead of searching Burt Reynolds at Google, you could just go to our website and... Fantastic. One last question. I know you got to go. Have you ever met Burt Reynolds in person? No, no. We, we talked about trying to do, I mean, this didn't last very long. We tried to talk about, you know, having him come in and do a do a workshop or something with us because he does have a Burt Reynolds and Friends Museum in Jupiter, Florida. And there's a master acting class that he runs, which also uh, when you take the class and when you sign up for it, you get this. Uh, it's on their website and uh, it says, please do not approach Mr. Reynolds before, during or after class. But he does teach a class down there. And we thought about trying to get him up here is the class expensive um it's actually not i was really surprised and and you do have to i, I don't remember how much it was but it really wasn't bad you do have to submit uh, an audition you can't not <laughs> just anyone can sign up for it so you've got to audition to be in the class but you cannot approach mr reynolds before during or after the class all right thank you very much will kaiser super eight society <laughs> thanks, super eight society at blogspot.com all right and uh, have a good evening you too thanks, thanks guys yep. that's great and submitting an acting reel to Burt Reynolds. I can I can totally imagine doing that. That'd be really interesting. But what you do is you send the reel and you do a scene from one of his movies. Every year, send him a reel, another scene from a different movie. I, I think you do something extreme. You do something really amateurish. You send a ninety-minute reel of you and your dog playing all the parts and Smokey and the Bandit. You take a whole bunch of Norm Macdonalds. Thanks for listening to uh, this episode of the Sequel Cast. Be sure to visit the website at www.sequelcast.com. If you have any fan mail or any hate mail, send an email to sequelcast at gmail.com. Look for us on iTunes. Uh, the website again is sequelcast.com. This is Uncle Milkshake. And Jersey Jay. Signing off.